Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone. It's V, the Grill Economist, and I'm with my main man, John J. Singleton, the man, the myth, the legend, the, the, uh, what do I, I want to call him? I want to call him the, uh, <laughs> he's the legal hacker. That's what he is. He's a, a hack. Legal ha- he's a, a hacker. Hack. <laughs> That's what I started calling myself, a he, hack. He's the legal terrorist himself. <laughs> John J. Singleton is here with us. You can find him over at privacyfight.com. Go there. Sign up. There's a newsletter over there. You can, you know, there's a lot of articles that John puts up over there. And also check out the privacyfight.com. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Privacy Fight YouTube channel. John does a lot of great interviews there, a lot of great videos there. It's all about uh, privacy. It's all about, uh, you know, creating wealth. It's all about creating and protecting your assets, which once you create your wealth, you want to make sure you want, you want to know how to protect it. He's the guy that does it all for you. Johnny, what's up, buddy? How's everything going? Glad to have you on. Well, we had a thank you. We had a really good conversation last time. We were talking about you know the, the opportunities that were presenting themselves with the uh, the fake uh, public health emergency, <laughs> right? And I know it sounds kind of morbid to some of y'all out there, but it's a uh, it's a live action role play, John. It's a live it is. action role. It's play. a theater. It's yeah, a, it is theater. <laughs> <clears throat> so if you guys want to do stuff like that, you want to dump gas on yourself and light yourself on fire, just please don't do it on my front lawn. I'm not going to go out of my way to stop you. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't do that, but. Uh, uh, yeah, we're going to look around and see what kinds of opportunities. So I was talking with someone. Um, we stayed at a, last week. We stayed at a bed and breakfast, and um, yeah. we, we, I started talking with the owner, the, the guy that just bought the thing. He's got like almost seventy years old, and come to find out, he's in all kinds of stuff. This guy is. You got to talk to this guy. He's interesting. But uh, he was saying, "Well, what do you think about the future in your know, real estate and all this?" And I said, "Well, uh, I don't. I'm not too certain on things other than residential, and I'm not an expert in that. But I can tell. I can tell you this." You're going to have a problem getting insurance for new ventures. And I'm talking about not just real estate, but getting insurance for any business venture you want to get into because the insurance industry is slowly denying people insurance, which denies them access to lending, which either makes their risk go crazy or um, ties up their cash or precludes them from having the opportunity in the first place. It's a snowball effect, you know. He, He didn't realize this. So he's like, <clears throat> you know, he said, I, I, I didn't really occur. To, it didn't occur to me. But when I bought this place and he bought himself a, this huge mansion of a bed and breakfast is a beautiful place. And he said that uh, he was having trouble getting insurance and it didn't really dawn on him that maybe this is an industry wide, you know, a systemic change. And I said, no, I think it is because I talked to a lot of people that are experiencing this. And he goes, well, what do you think? And I said, well, my thinking is and I've been recommending this for over the many years is look at captive insurance. Captive insurance is where you you pay the premium to an insurance company in which you own part of it. Mm. You have an interest in the company. You still have other things besides that, but that's a big step 
to, to solve this co coming problem we're going to see. Yeah, and that's, you know, obviously completely different than a, any type of a, like a mutual type, you know, insurance company where they say, you know, it's a mutual, you know, insurance and we pay dividend, but then you, you never see any type of uh, <laughs> dividends at all. There is that, there is that. All you see <laughs> so, is an increase, all you see is an increase in your yeah, premium. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's, you know, I'll tell you this quick story. Uh, my, my friend from years ago, he was telling me his dad uh, in Washington State, okay, his, his dad was a doctor, so his dad... And, and all these other physicians set up their own insurance company. They went to the state, they got an insurance license uh, for their own company and they paid the premiums for their whatever medical practice, medical malpractice, whatever they needed. They were paying it to this company, this insurance company, which they owned. And uh, what they discovered was after the first year, they had made so much money, more money they could possibly imagine that they didn't need to pay premiums ever. Like they were fully vested for life. Oh, wow, that's cool. Now cool. you have to wonder, okay, so if they're using the same business model, same actuarial, same strategies that other insurance companies are, wouldn't it be make sense that the other insurance companies have the same situation? They they don't the, the risk is already paid for by the insured. Okay. Mm -hmm. They have plain money. So they they did this. They said, okay, guys, come on board, you know, and all the doctors are like, oh, this is great. We're just gonna pay for the first year and we're in and we're covered. And they were covered, they had plenty, they had so much cash, and the state took it. Hmm. Interesting. The state annexed the insurance company and they, I don't know what the legal implications are. I mean, I don't know if they did afterwards, but it just goes to show you that they, they, it's, a, it's a secret operation. I mean, <clears throat> they're exploiting people with insurance mm. and captive insurance may also be the same way. I'm just saying that the business model of captive insurance is out there and that we should be using it for our own benefit because right now captive insurance is being used much like regular insurance companies because who owns them? You know, probably Vanguard and these guys. And, and people don't realize, man, insurance companies, you know, you want to talk about money. The most powerful organizations are the insurance companies. It's People don't realize that. I think it was um, – I forgot where in the country where they all congregate. I, I don't know if it's uh, somewhere in uh, the Midwest or in the Carolinas or something like that. But uh, it's a part of the state where there's – a part of the country where many of these insurance companies congregate, many of them – the largest ones are sitting north of six trillion dollars. Many of them are are yeah. actually I forgot the name of the biggest one at the at the moment it escapes me. But the, well, some of the biggest ones are the majority shareholders, right? Of Vanguard, <laughs> they run everything. They run everything. I, I think it's Connecticut, and Maine, are most. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think it was Maine. <clears throat> I think it was one of those, you know. But it was, yeah. it was unreal, man. Unreal. It's just free money for them. Yep. But we but we need insurance. Okay, we have to manage risk in this way. I would suggest to you that insurance has the same actuarial data as lending and as taxation. It's all the same. Correct. They're used interchangeably. Insurance is a way to tax people. Lending is a way to tax people. I mean, we can we can talk about that for a long time. And so once we do this, and we're going to have to, and we set up our own associations. I'm talking to physicians right now where we, we mentioned this at the last part of the last call where, you know, I'm seeing opportunities where we can have private professional associations with physicians and schools and they, in order to make it truly private, they're going to have to issue their own licensing and they're have to, going to have to have their own regulatory compliance and have to be able to enforce it with their own court systems, which sounds crazy, but they can certainly do it. It's well within their grasp and legal right to do. We don't need the court system the way they are right now. Absolutely, man. John, would it be possible, like, for a group of people to come together? You know, what's that clause where you can claim that you're basically uh, self-insured, like you don't have to have any auto insurance? Is it like two hundred fifty 
thousand bond or something. What I, I can't remember exactly what what the well, rules are. You can do it just by saying it. There's no need for evidence of it. You can just cl claim that you are. The problem you run into, like I, I am right now, is dealing with the state and registering the vehicle again. Yeah. They're, they're, because the people at the DMV are not educated. So I have to go to the, actually the capital and say, look, guys, come on. I have a right to contract. I'm self-insured. And I don't need to prove that I have self-insurance. I don't need to post a bond. In fact, I tried to post a bond years ago. And everybody played dumb and said, I don't know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> they, they don't want you to do that. So I said, screw that. I'll just do my own thing. I'll just set up a fund. I literally have a fund that's liquid that I would use to compensate someone. And I'm, I keep the fund at what the state requires, $40,000. Yeah. And it's not because it requires me to. I just think if it requires everyone to, I'm, I'm just going to follow along with that standard. And I've, I've been doing that for years. It's just sometimes it's a bit of a struggle to register my car again because the registration, they won't want to renew it because I don't have one of their insurance carriers and then I have to go to Tallahassee and then they go, oh, okay, it's self-insurance. But there's no, it, there's yeah. a way around. I mean, one of my favorite oh, yeah. states to uh, like all my vehicles, right? My, my, my main cars and stuff, they're, they're all like one of the states I love is Montana. Mm -hmm. Montana, okay. you can have your vehicle registered. You have, you know, you own it through your LLC. Uh, you have it set up over there and, and um, there's no, you know, yearly inspections. There's no yearly registration. They'll handle that's like 50 bucks. And I don't even, you didn't even show. They didn't even ask me for proof of insurance. Oh, nice. That's yeah. what it should be. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, that's you know. So you know, you know, that insurance doesn't come into play. You can't pull this off in New York. In New York, it's like you drive by a cop. They scan your plate, and yeah. they can tell you if your insurance is gone or not. And then right. all, the state goes ahead and try to suspend your license. Woo, woo, woo. It's an emergency. Not, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so so when you deal with captive insurance. You, so the captive insurance company, so let's say you like this idea and, and you get with 10 or 20 or 50 other organizations and they're already doing this. You can find them, by the way. They're already out there. Yeah. But let's say you set this up or you join something. The other problem that captive insurance itself is it has to also be an investor. <laughs> so it has to acquire assets. But it doesn't have to buy them on the stock exchange. It can buy private equity and real assets, which I think is the way to go which gives you still the power and control within yourself. And you're not in that system where they're saying, well, if you don't have this thing, you can't have that thing. If you don't have insurance, you can't have a license and therefore you can't get lending And there. You know, it's all stuck together. But with captive insurance, if you understand what's going on, you can navigate through this, this, uh, you know, network that they've created this, this choke, this choking, whatever you, you know, quagmire they've given us. We can do it. Exactly. Very good point. John, well, what do you see is a major challenge now that we're, you know, two years into this uh, this uh, <laughs> live action role play? <laughs> you know, uh, we're two years into this LARP. Uh, what do you see are some of the opportunities that people could exploit? And and as as especially when you're seeing things around the country where traditional businesses are being impacted on a grand scale. I'm looking at things like an entrepreneur as to what's in my, within my reach. And so I look at uh, products that people normally use. Okay, so one of those products is the use of glass. So I, I see wow. that I can get, I can buy equipment, I can set up a business within a, a quarter of an acre, I can lease a commercial space, you know, a retail space, and I can do this. I can have equipment that um, turns glass, waste glass into cullet. And I could put it in the remanufacturing process <clears throat> and I can make new products. I can make more bottles and things like this. I can do it on a small scale. It'll cost more than what's being done right now on a large scale, but it's still available in my community and I don't have to ship it from other countries. And I see this as an opportunity. If you get the right business model, 
you can recycle glass and there's three kinds. You've got the, you know, the brown glass, the green glass and the flint glass. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's all kinds of equipment. So, so remanufactured or recycled consumer goods through, through discarded materials, I think is one opportunity. And there's probably hundreds of things you can do with that understanding. Yeah. There's, there's also the other thing where, um, uh, because it's recyclable, because of the fact that it's going to renewable resources and whatnot, you could actually go to the government and state local officials, and even banks, and you give them a you know you put on a dog and pony show, tell, tell them how much you love the environment and you're a green business, and dude, they they are killed over, bent over backwards in order to service you. It's funny, I had like clients of mine who were trying to set up a business, and they're like, "What? Well, how should I set up?" You know, my XYZ uh, LLC, I'm just telling them, you're a green company, you offer green solutions. Yeah. They'd go off for getting bad yeah. accounts that they, they, they couldn't open. All of a sudden, they used that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. These, all these, of a sudden, they, the bank's like, oh, my God. You it do. will work. It, it will. will. I've, even, I've even had clients uh, say, make sure that your CEO is a woman. Yeah. I, it's crazy, but yeah, they'll do that. It works. They, yeah. they, they do everything. They'll bet the next thing you know. It's like uh, you're not getting a $10,000 loan. They're going to give it to you for fifty. Yeah, I kid you not, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's a, there's an agenda. Okay, you guys know the New World Agenda, uh, and there's a, um, it's the, it's the United Nations uh, Environmental something. I, I forget what it was. Uh, environmental agenda, but there's a 17 point agenda. Okay, and some of this is renewables, and it's under the, under the false claim that uh, people are causing climate change is destructive. That's a complete lie, Correct. as a lot of you, I'm sure, are aware. Um, but the money is there. The funding is there. The infrastructure has been built. The accounting is there. There's even accounting for something called renewable energy certificates and LEED certification, L-E-E-D-S. LEEDS, and I forget the acronym, but basically anything that you're doing that's going to be friendly for the environment like you're talking about, if you're trying to get LEED certification, if you go to the these creatures, our agencies, and say, hey, I'm just trying to get LEED certification, they will help you. In fact, it'll save you money in the long run. So whenever you see a big, a big tall office building, that just installed bike racks in the front, they get a kickback, they get money for one of the criteria for lead certification. When you see in your city, in your town, where they, even though it shouldn't be there, they just painted a bike a bike trail, a bike uh, lane in your street, yeah. it's because they got money from lead certification. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so I'm just saying, Th those are, yeah, those uh, make it easier for us if you are looking for opportunities. Understand that they're going, if you're playing along with this, I mean, I don't like to support it and participate in it, but I wouldn't turn away money as long as I'm not going to, uh, you know, compromise my principles. Um, I I'm all for a clean, clean environment. I just don't believe that people are causing the earth to be destroyed, you know. <clears throat> so. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the, the next uh, frontier for me is uh, for me to open up a business and say that I'm for the LGBTQ rights uh, in Afghanistan and the Middle East. And they'll probably give me a $20 million loan. Jeff. You'll be a rich man. Yeah, don't have to do anything. Right. You don't have to even have customers. Yeah. I'm for uh, putting in uh, cargo nets and, uh, and, and plush right. pillows yeah. in every uh, high-rise right. building in the Middle East. So right. when the... Uh, People from the rainbow community are thrown off the rooftops. They land comfortably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's equipment off the shelf you can get if you want to get into recycling. Uh, there's all kinds of recycling to get into. There's also, in my in my way of saying this, is um, decentralized or local fabrication. Uh, so I can use 3D printing to make things that to for parts for things that you may not be able to get right now. Hardware for appliances and equipment. Okay, that you can print. 
And if you can't, if you don't want to get a printer, which I would suggest if you're going to do it, get get the good printers. You don't need to pay like a good printer might cost you five thousand dollars, okay? But you don't need to pay a half a million dollars for a printer that manufactures metal components. You can you can lease that, so you yeah. can do things where you can manufacture items for parts or whatnot without shipping them in. I mean, sometimes you won't be able to get things shipped in now. You may have to do things like that. Mm, very well said. Very well said. Exactly. What else is on your radar, John? Well, I, I see that, like you mentioned, uh, people are keeping their cars longer. So yes. what does that mean? <laughs> that means people are going to be getting more repair work done. And uh, they'd be more uh, amenable to things that would improve their car. You, you want to know something? There, there, there's mm -hmm. some serious issues in supply chains right now. Like I, I'm, I'm in the middle of a major engine build and stuff for one of my vehicles, and uh, there's these things called ARP uh, head studs. And the ARP studs are just basically bolts. Okay, they're just like, you know, precision alloy bolts and whatnot. And it turns out ARP is like the major mm -hmm. one that supplies most of uh, in the United States. So. They've been, you know, shut down in California because of the whole COVID nonsense. And now they have, you know, back end. They, they've been backlogged with supplies. Couldn't get them. You know, these are like right. $200 bolts that, that are now going for 900 bucks for bolts. Okay. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. So okay. there's, a, there's, there's a huge demand for bolts, believe it or not, right now. And the secondly is, is bushings. Okay. Uh, I needed a bushing replaced for uh, – it, it's a transmission mount that, that, that uh, connects to the uh, rear subframe of the vehicle, and the bushing is nowhere to be seen. Like, And you go to the dealer. The dealer's like, oh, you got to have to buy, buy an entire new rear subframe. I'm like, how much is that? $4,000. I'm like, uh, no. So literally, you, I had to go out and find a wrecked vehicle and get the bushing for, for – uh, get the rear subframe. Off that wrecked vehicle for five, for like four or five hundred dollars in order just to get the bushing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there, there's. I mean, the reason why I bring this up is because you have to take a look into what is what are things that are getting low on. You know, what are things mm -hmm. that that right. people are, are are looking for, and you'll be surprised. I mean, just the things like nuts and bolts to bushings to like you talked about glass. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff, man. That that's out there. It just takes some time and research. To find out what's lacking, what's you know, and then figuring out a way to make up that that uh, shortage, you know. And that's what you do. That's what people do. So you're saying what opportunities are out there? I'm saying you live your life and you experience this thing like you're talking about. You're trying to do a thing for yourself, and you're like, oh wait a minute, I can't get this product. Wow, other people can't get this product. And look at across the board. In fact, I just talked to someone today. She said even businesses that don't have to raise their prices are saying, yeah, we have to raise our prices uh, because of whatever. Uh, you know, there are there. It's like trendy now. Inflation is trendy, but when you see this with your own situation, you can realize. Well, then, if I were to find a solution for myself, and I were to provide that solution for the other people, then I have a business opportunity. And I would just tell you right now, V, I would go look for three D printing for that. Bolt. Oh yeah, boom! And it's going to wow. expand out. Yeah, and I'll bet you anything that you can lease that facility from a, an actual. 3D printing company that has those machines and all you got to, that's your supplier. And all you got to do is get the specs and scan one of those bolts, which I'm sure it's already there. Right. And you're off and running. Wow. Yep. If there's any, any, any proprietary claims on the bolt itself, all you got to do is put a groove in it somewhere and make it yours. That, that, that is correct. That is correct. That, that, that's brilliant. <laughs> Invest in a 3D printer and start figuring out which fixtures. I mean, there are plumbers right now 
yes fixtures there are people that are building homes and and, and whatnot they, they can't find these fixtures if you have a way to get the actual raw materials and start 3d printing and you have a viable business man and you may not need metal you may need uh, a, a resin a lot of times you can do things instead of using a metal you can use a resin resins are really strong yeah so uh yeah i mean gosh there's v we just man we just gave away millions of dollars i don't know right. if any of y'all out there if you all sit on your butt and don't do anything while we're just talking about this shame on you i can't my excuse is i'm too busy <laughs> so you guys do it yeah yeah, yeah. exactly um i i think uh if someone could figure out a way how to process sand high silica sand in order to uh make silicon that that's gonna be a, a big thing you know make silicon yeah silicon for for chips well, and stuff well that's what sand is no we already got yeah. that process we already, oh, that's already done oh that's done oh yeah, yeah yeah oh they get they get big trucks that's here's the problem v it's finding enough sand they're actually trying to get the sand now under the ocean they, they can't get enough right. sand on exposed land so that is actually a, a resource that's in, in great demand right now. It's a, it's a non-renewable, of course. So you, you hear about oil and stuff like that. <clears throat> that's that's not a, that's not a problem for availability. It's just the way they rig the markets. But right. sand is a problem. <laughs> sand, and that's a, that's a that's a very well established uh, chemical process. I, I I used to work in a plant where we took literally trucks of sand and we melted it down. And within 30 days, we had a microprocessor. Mm, wow. it, was a, it was a fabrication plant with Motorola. And we did we made a chip out of it, a computer chip. What are some of the dangers you're seeing when we, we discuss some of the opportunities uh, that are out mm. there? And from further opportunities, folks, you can, you can contact John directly. Um, what are some of the dangers you're seeing, uh, especially you know, you're a privacy expert? Uh, what do you see coming down that's, 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 that, that we should have our lookout for? A very well-meaning client offered to send me a gift, which is very kind of him. And it's a, a ring that tracks your all your vitals. And he thought it was the best thing ever, which is pretty cool. But it tracks all your vitals. And so my question to him is, well, what good is it if I do that? Where is that data being collected? He goes, oh, you can just download it to your phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's so <secure. laughs> we're being, yeah, like, why would you do that? I'm not going to do that, okay? But it's a pretty cool looking ring, but uh, I'm not going to participate in that because it's surveillance data. And, and I just, we're being surrounded by surveillance data. Right. Every time you have some sort of convenience and uh, the money system, they got that wrapped up pretty good. And the next level is no more cash. They're going to outlaw cash. And so that's, I guess, a danger. I don't know it's so much of a danger in the sense that they're going to see what you're doing. It's the danger in the sense that by tracking what you're doing with it, you can be excluded from society. Here's what people miss, man right your heartbeat okay your biosecurian rhythms are unique to you it's a it, it, it is a bio identifying marker yeah it's an identifying marker so you can wear a disguise you can wear gloves right right but if they have your heartbeat on a sensor somewhere they know it's you that's right they know it's, it's like you it's just like a frequency between frequencies exactly. and a radio broadcast, like a, right. like a fingerprint as well. Yes. It's, it's your biographical data, biometric data. It's yours. And in, in which case, if you can describe it, you can impose licensing terms on it. That's another subject we talked about. But, and then they got yeah. your genetic material with all these PCR tests that they're jabbing they people's noses and whatnot. That's right. That, that's what they're doing with it. They're collecting your genetic material. So, so yeah, that, that's a danger as far as surveillance. It's surveillance state. It's getting coming on around us. Um, 
I don't even know if we, I, I am quite aware of what they're doing. I don't think I even understand the magnitude of it. And I'm kind of intimidated by what they're doing. I don't even know how to escape a lot of it. Uh, but yeah, every electronic device, I really would recommend you guys stay away from that. Keep your phone, you know, wrapped up in foil, keep it in wherever, you know, don't take it with you. Don't take your phone with you. Don't use it for shopping. Don't use your phone for shopping. And I've been saying that forever. Don't use it to uh, show up at protests either. My gosh, no. No, no, you're just tagged. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to show you something real quick. Uh, you, heard, you heard of Calyx OS? Mm-mm. Is that another version of Linux? <laughs> well, well, you know, Android is is Linux, right? Yeah, Android yeah, is, yeah. you know, there's you can get Android that's de-Googled because Google doesn't own Android. Nobody owns Android. It's the open source project. Google just puts their flavor of Android or their skin of Android on top of the open source Android, right? And that's how you have mm-hmm. your Google Play services and whatnot. And see, I'm, I'm going to send you this link. Just pull this up for me, brother. All right. Oops. Bad. Calyx is pretty cool, man. This is most people don't realize this. And see if you want to pull that up. K A L I X, right? K A L Y X. Y X. Okay. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't see the link. Calyx. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. This is from what I've seen some of the probably the best one, and I'll tell you why. Not only is it makes your phone super secure. But it runs off of a, a – you, you can install this if you have, like, a Google Pixel, which are phenomenal okay. phones. Um, yeah. The, the, the Pixel, you, you, you basically take a Google Pixel, Pixel 3, Pixel 4, Pixel 5. They're mm-hmm. very inexpensive. You know, 250 to $300, you can get a Pixel, right, which have phenomenal cameras, by the way. You get one of those things, and then you install Calyx, which wipes out the Google off the phone. Number okay. one, Google's gone. Secondly, in terms of apps, you have uh, Aurora, which allows you to download Google Play Store apps using a ghost account. Okay, so it blocks all the data. And now you have whatever apps you want that you're used to utilizing. You can use it while wow. having it within its own ring so it's not okay. transmitting data. There's also secondary app stores like, like F-Droid, which is nothing but like filled with open source app stores right it's filled with open source uh, apps that you can get um then of course there's another app store um called uh, apk uh where you can download and sideload whatever apps you need and you can completely lock down the operating system this is a great way if you're needing a smartphone right okay. with a great camera which is not slow which is not clunky which is not a piece of crap because some of these privacy phones out there they're atrocious i mean they're you might as well use like a a, a, a flip phone from the 80s I mean, they're pretty bad. From the right? 80s. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So with this, you can right. at least run your modern applications, right? Like your Telegram, your Signal, <laughs> right? You can have your email set up with ProtonMail, this, that, and the other. And, huh. and, and not miss a beat on anything while having a modern smartphone that takes great videos and great camera pictures and whatnot while keeping it secure. You can also set up your own personal cloud where – you know, you buy the cloud equipment. They sell it right now. The cloud, you know, 12 terabytes of cloud data or, or hardware that you can buy, you put in your house, okay. okay? And then every time you're out there with your family, you're, you're, you're taking pictures, it's going to connect directly to your secure cloud server, which is in your home. So now all your pictures, your photos, <laughs> and everything is on your cloud server, which you have securely in your house, and you can put that in, you know, wherever you want, you know? Uh, 
that's another way of doing it. So you, you don't need these guys, man. You really yeah. don't need mainstream anything. Right. Fantastic. I got to do that. I don't have to be a rocket scientist, right? No, I no. Can... It's really easy to, to, to okay. install this ROM. Okay. You, you can go to Best Buy today. Pick up like a Google Pixel 4, a Google Pixel 4a. Uh, they're like, you know, three, four hundred dollars. You pick one up. Okay. Uh, then you install it. And, and they give you a step-by-step on how to install Kalex. You go to YouTube, how to how to install Kalex uh, OS. And uh, they'll run you to the gamut. It's an easy step-by-step process to install Kalex on there. You can get it done in a matter of minutes. Once you're running Kalex, you download F-Droid, you download Aurora, you download uh, the APK Mirror uh, app, APK Marketplace, and you're done. You have everything you need. You have a modern smartphone, takes great photos, and you're not bleeding data all over the place. Right, right. Okay. Great. So that's yeah. So that's another opportunity. I mean, we need to do that. That's a big risk. It's growing. The phone is the biggest risk we have. And it's a product. I mean, if you can if you can promote a product like that, it's it's in, in demand and it's money. I th- I think of privacy as money, and when you're when you lose privacy, you lose money. And uh, there's a lot more at stake there. I mean, our 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 own freedom is at stake there. And what I'm going to do right now, in fact, yesterday I just looked at the possibility of getting a local person to put together a computer for me because I want to install Cubes. Mm-hmm. Cubes is an open source. Uh, you know, a software that's completely private. And uh, there's even a spec- a specifications on what kind of hardware that's compatible with cubes so that you have the most privacy, you know, so you don't, you don't uh, lose some of the privacy based on your hardware. But that be, would be another thing for your desktop computer. You should, uh, pull up that link. It's got cubes right there. Yeah, cubes would be Q-U-B-E-S.org, yep. I think it is. Cubes.org or cubes.com. Uh, cubes-os.org. Uh, there it is. Cubes-os. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, is, uh, it looks really good. It looks amazing. Is this uh, Linux or? That I Linux don't even or? think it's Linux. I think it. Um, wow. I think it's a separate uh, creature, and there is a, a component that goes with this called Hunix, and Hunix is a gateway to the internet. It's almost like being on the dark web, almost. But you can oh, also wow. use this to be go on the dark web. Or I wouldn't use my computer to go on the dark web because I'd want to use a dedicated computer. Because when you're on the dark web, your computer can be grabbed. Because I don't know what I'm doing for the most part. Sure. A lot of that stuff. But but uh, this is uh, total privacy. And if you look in there, there's hardware specs on that website about the best type of hardware. So if some of you are inclined to do it, I would. I'm going to go get a person to do it. So that way, I can always get help. I've been using Linux now for about four years. Um, mm-hmm. And Which you have to be kind of stubborn. Use? I use Linux, uh, Ubuntu. Yeah, Ubuntu. Yeah. Yeah, and that you have to be kind of stubborn because I'm so tempted in some cases to to uh, give up some of my privacy for a thing or download because it's Linux and they ask you to you know give it up and I don't. I just do without some things. So you kind of have to have that attitude as well. There you go. Yeah, cubes. Um, then you have other more brutal versions of linux like arch linux which is like uh-huh. like super hardcore you know if you wanted to right and you have and if you like if you're a mac user you want something uh similar to mac they got a couple of flavors of that too like mm-hmm. elementary os and stuff from linux it feels just like mac os it's it, mm-hmm. it's, it's incredible there's a lot of options out there john uh we're winding down to the end of the show uh, uh what else do you would you like to uh, uh comment upon what else would you like to share and sh- uh, sh- uh, say and share with the with the, with the audience Okay, well, um, I just think that there's a lot of opportunity. Um, I'm still optimistic about that. Yeah, a lot of things are collapsing; they're being destroyed. But uh, I think if we're diligent and just acting like regular, cons- you know, uh, entrepreneurs and not acting like consumers, 
I think uh, we could take advantage of some of these things. Okay, there's some things that are pretty easy to do and some things that take uh, much of a project to set up. But uh, keep in mind, guys, uh, captive insurance is going to be a good tool going forward. There's a lot of it. There's a little bit more to it than just captive insurance because you deal with licensing and the state yeah. gets involved in what you're doing. So, but yeah, it's something to look at. Very well said. Folks, and that is John J. Singleton, the man, the myth, the legend, privacyfight.com. Go over there, check it out, join, subscribe also to the YouTube channel, privacyfight. I mean, privacyfight on YouTube. You can go check it out over there. And uh, yeah, go check it out. And, and with that being said, John, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's always a pleasure. We got to do this soon again. Yeah, glad and to do with it. With that being said, CJ, take it away. <laughs>